Well, good morning. Uh, the song that we sang uh, just a minute ago, uh, it's basically a prayer to God and asking Him for His Holy Spirit to fill us and to transform our lives and uh, to get us close to Him and to uh, burn uh, the impurities that, that there are in, in us and, and get us closer to Him. And uh, like I said on Wednesday, I pray that you have been listening carefully to the voice of the Holy Spirit throughout this week. It has been amazing to us. We have really enjoyed uh, being among you all this week. Uh, yesterday, there was a, a men's breakfast. I, I got the chance, to, I had the chance to hear uh, several of the missionaries uh, speaking, and they all blessed my heart. They challenged me. Uh, I'm pumped up. Uh, I'm challenged to be a better Christian, a more obedient uh, Christian. I thank Pastor Wes. I don't see him, but I thank Pastor Wes. Brother Wes, thank you so much for inviting us to the conference. Uh, thank you for having us here. I thank Pastor Randy for the confidence that he gives me in, in sharing with his congregation uh, the Word of God. So we're delighted to be here. If you, if you want to know anything about barbecue and uh, pizza and uh, macaroni and cheese and all, where the foods are, we know now. <laughs> I mean, we've been to every place eating. That's unbelievable. I mean, you guys can cook. And uh, we have loved it. We have loved it. But I want to invite you this morning to open your Bibles in the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, and uh, we're going to be focusing on verse 19. Verse 19 will be our, our, our takeoff passage uh, this morning. And of course, we will see other, uh, other uh, verses in Scripture to back up our teaching, our study uh, this morning. Psalm 119, verse 19. I want to ask you to keep your Bibles open. We will come back to it in a minute. And... Um, let me say that uh, there are a lot of advices and uh, recommendations for people that are planning to go to a different country. There are recommendations for the safe of the person who is planning to go to a foreign country. And there are many of them, but there is one that speaks about driving in a different country. So this recommendation says that if a person is planning to go to a foreign country and is planning to drive in that country, this person must pay absolute attention to the traffic rules of that country because they can be completely different to the rules of the country he is coming from. For example, here in the States, uh, you drive on the right side of the road. In Nicaragua... We drive on the, well, most of the time, we drive on the right side of the road. And as far as I know, in the rest of Latin America, people drive on the right-hand side of the road. But if you go to countries like uh, Japan or Australia or New Zealand, the United Kingdom, people drive on the left-hand side of the road. So you can imagine what kind of adjustment a person who is going to a different country has to do in order to begin for the first time in his life or her life to drive on the left, on the left lane or on the left-hand side of the road. There's going to be always that feeling that you're going in the wrong direction. There's always going to be that feeling that somebody might be coming to you and you're going to crash. Big adjustment. So they recommend that this person pay 
pays absolute attention to the signs and to the rules uh, for driving in that country. If the person does not understand the language of that country, then they recommend to get a person who will guide him through this foreign country to tell him where to go, what direction to take, so he can be safe. Now, with this in mind, it is not different to the condition of the believer in this earth. The condition of a person in a foreign country is no different than the condition of the believer while we are on this earth. Because we do need guide. We do need a map in life to know how to keep on the right track and how to be safe while we, while we pass through this earth. Now with this in mind, I would invite you to meditate with me about this truth. The commandment of God, the commandment of God is a guide to the believer in his journey through this earth. The commandment of God is a guide to the believer through his journey on this earth. Now I'm going to ask you to please stand up and read with me verse 19. In reverence to the Word of God, and we're about to be challenged by the Word of God. We, we're uh, ready now to be spoken by God. Uh, we're going to stand and read verse 19. I'm going to read it in a loud voice and you can follow with your sight. And the Word of God says, I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. I'm going to read it again. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. You may be seated. Let's pray. Father God, again, I thank you so much for the freedom that we have to open your Bible and study your Bible. Lord, thank you for what your spirit has been telling the church uh, throughout this week. I pray, Father, that this morning you will speak to us as well. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When you check the dictionary of synonyms, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. When you check the dictionary of synonyms, you find different equivalents to the word stranger, which is the word that I have in my version. This is the New Standard Version. Uh, and uh, the, the, word that, the, the word that they use here is the word stranger. So when you check the, synonym, the synonyms dictionary, it gives you different uh, equivalents. For example, a stranger uh, is a person, uh, is, a, is an alien. Uh, a stranger is a pilgrim. A stranger is a, a foreigner. A stranger is a traveler. And one of the characteristics of a, of, a, of a stranger is that it is a person who is in a place for a moment. It is a person who is in a place temporarily. It is a person that circumstances have taken him to a territory, an unknown territory, and he has no plan to be, to be living there forever, but just for a short period of time. This is the condition of King David. And he acknowledges, acknowledges his condition. And he cries out to the Lord. And he says, Lord, I am a foreigner on this earth. 
Please do not hide your commandments from me. He was a foreigner on the earth. He recognizes this. And as a foreigner, he didn't know. He didn't know a lot of things. And you know, a foreigner, a person in a different country, is a person that don't know the culture, don't know the custom of that country. And, and if you have traveled to other countries, you know that uh, there's always this, this feeling about insecurity. Because you're among people that you don't know. You're in places that you don't know. And there is always this need of, of somebody to tell you where to go and what to do because you're new to it. A couple of years ago, we had a team, uh, a mission team that came from the States. And uh, it was a group of ladies. They had never been to Nicaragua before. They were there for the first time, and they wanted to spend the week in our orphanage, Mephibosheth Orphanage in the city of Wigalpa. So that morning, um, it was a Sunday morning, we uh, got up, ate, got in the van, and I was driving the van. I was driving us to uh, the city of Wigalpa. On the way, one of the ladies says, Guillermo, could you stop somewhere for a bathroom? And I said, no problem, ma'am, no problem. Uh, but I said... Could you um, hold it just for five minutes because I don't want to stop in a gas station because everybody gets out and it takes forever. So I want to keep them in the van and, and, you know, just go where we're going. So I said, yeah, can you hold it for five minutes? And she said, no problem. It's five Nicaraguan minutes. And she said, no problem. So we went on, and uh, we decided to stop in one of the churches uh, that, that the Lord has allowed us to plant, and we wanted to visit the pastor from that church. So we, we go driving, we get to the church, the pastor is already outside, he's with his family, we get to the place, I get out from the van, I start greeting the pastor and his family, and as you can imagine, the first thing the ladies say is, Guillermo, where is the bathroom? And so I said... Well, it's in the back of the church. It's in the back side of the church. You, you, you can go. Months before, we have helped the pastor build a black room uh, covered with plastic, black plastic. That was the latrine. And so I told them, go to the back side of the, of the church. There's going to be a black room. It's going to be wrapped up with black plastic. So they go, you know, we're greeting. The rest of the team is greeting the pastor. We're saying, hey, hi, hello, you know, and... The ladies come back, no problem, we get in the van. I said, cool. We, we get in the van, we start driving again, and all of a sudden, I hear them talking among themselves in the back. Oh, what a great idea. I would have never thought about that. And I'm curious <laughs> what they're talking about. And all of a sudden, one of the ladies says, Guillermo, thank you so much for the bathroom. I said, no problem, ma'am. And uh, then she says, but I have a question. And I said, yes. Um, what do you do with the leftover in the, in the bucket? <laughs> a red light comes on in my brain. I said, oh, oh. And the lady said, and I said, what bucket? With the bucket in the, in, the, in the latrine. I said, mom, there should not be a bucket in the latrine. What had happened was that the pastor had built another black room in the back of the church and that was what they used as the shower so when they went to the back of the of the church 
They went into the shower room. They took the bucket and used the bucket. And so the lady says, the bucket in the, in the latrine. I said, what bucket? The bucket. My, my heart is just beating fast. I'm sweating cold now. And I said, what did you do with the bucket? And she said, we used it. I take my phone immediately. I called the pastor and I said, pastor, please be careful. What's in the bucket is not water. <laughs> and he says, I already found out. <laughs> we're talking about, we're talking about not knowing, you know, not knowing the culture, not knowing the, the, the customs and the culture of a country. The ladies didn't know. They didn't know. And you know what? The condition of the believer is very similar. It is very similar. Because our, our knowledge is limited on this earth. Our flesh is a limitation. Our heart is a limitation. Our emotions are limitations. So there are many things that we don't know. And for that reason, we need the maps. We need the instructions from the guy that really knows what's around, from the guy that really knows what's going on. We need instructions. And you know what? King David in this psalm, he's aware of it. And he says, Lord, I am a foreigner. I don't know. And therefore, I need your commandments. Do not hide your commandments from me. And it was not that God was hiding the commandments from David. David was just saying, Lord, allow me to see them. Allow me to understand them. Because they are my guide. In verse 35, he says, make me walk the path in the path of your commandments. The commandments are like a path where we are safe when we walk on them. But unfortunately, we can make choices. We have free will. And we make decisions. And we have the great capability of obeying or not obeying. We can decide. We make the decision of obeying or not obeying. But when we decide not to obey the commandments then we are deciding not to enjoy their effectiveness. Because the commandment is only effective when we obey them. They are only effective when we obey them. This means that it is not enough to read them in the Bible. It is not enough to come to church and listen to the commandments from the preacher. It is not even enough to agree with the commandments. We have to obey the commandments, because the commandments are a safe path. Martin Luther, in the time of the Reformation, you know he was being persecuted by the Pope and his cardinals. Even though he was afraid for them to kill him, he said, I fear my heart more than I fear the cardinals and the Pope. I fear my heart more than I fear the cardinals and the Pope. When we decide not to obey the commandments, we start obeying something else. We start obeying our heart. And we cannot rely on our heart. 
We have to rely on the commandments of God, on the word of God. So we make the decision of obeying or disobeying the commandments of God. Now, we know that the commandments of God guide our life. They bless our lives. They give us life. Proverbs 7, 2 and 3 says, Obey my commandments and leave and my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them in your fingers. Write them in the tablet of your heart. That's what Proverbs says. So if we know that they are so good, why is it that sometimes we do not obey them? You know, the commandments of God are like security signs. I went not long ago to a place I was trying to look uh, for fire extinguishers. And we came into this place and they, where they sell fire extinguishers. And I learned that they don't, all, they don't only sell fire extinguishers. They sell security signs. They sell security equipment for workers. And so I went into their showroom, and I was walking through the showroom, and I found a, a funny sign, but so true. There was a, a, you know, a sign probably this big, and there was a little man, uh, you know, a, a kind of a cartoon in, in the sign. And the guy is smoking a cigarette. He enters a place where there is a big sign, no smoking, all of a sudden, a fire extinguisher comes and blows his face. And at the bottom of the sign, it says, Signs have been created to be obeyed. Signs have been created to be obeyed. And you know what? God has given us His commandments to obey them. The, the commandments of God are like security signs. Because when we disobey... As security sign, then there are going to be consequences. We have Channel 10 in Nicaragua. They, they uh, show you uh, some of the news uh, of the country. And uh, you can see every single day, two 18-wheeler crash on the road to Lyon. Because one of them did not obey the no-passing sign. Horse wagon, six people in the back. Four of them were killed by a truck driver because he did not obey a stop sign. You see it every day. There are horrible consequences when we disobey the security signs. Horrible consequences. So the big question is, why is it? That a lot of times we decide not to obey the commandments of God if they are so good. Well, I see a few reasons in Scripture. And the first one, I want you to go to please to the book of Exodus. I want you to do the, the um, observation with me. I don't want you to, to say after this conference, well, the brown guys say this, you know. I want you to see it for yourself. So please go to Exodus chapter 5. Exodus chapter 5, verse 2. Now, this is the story of Moses. It, the, something amazing about the Word of God is that it doesn't hide anything. It tells you everything. So here's the story of Moses. God had sent Moses to Pharaoh. And he is to tell Pharaoh, you need to let the people of Israel go. Well, once he says that, listen to Pharaoh. Uh, Exodus chapter 5, verse 2. But Pharaoh said... 
Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord. And besides, I will not let Israel go. So I see one reason why a lot of times we do not obey the commandment of God. And it is the case of Pharaoh. Pharaoh did not know God. Do you know God? Has Christ been born in you? Do you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you? Pharaoh did not. He did not know God and therefore he decided not to obey the commandment of God. And then we can see in Jeremiah, I want you to go please to Jeremiah. And we will see in Jeremiah another reason why a lot of times we don't obey the commandments of God. Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 28. So when people don't know God, well, therefore they won't obey His commandments. But what about the people of God? What about us? I understand why people outside the family of God do not obey the commandments of God. Because they don't know our God. But how about the people of God? How about the family of God? Well, here's one, uh, one story we can relate to. This is uh, the people of Israel. Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 20, 28. Are you there? You shall say to them, This is the nation that did not obey the voice of the Lord. Their God, or accept correction, truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. Now, in the Spanish uh, translation, it says, This is the nation that did not hear the voice of God. And it's, it is said of Israel many times in the book of Jeremiah, the people of Israel, this is the people of God, Israel. They did not listen to the commandment of God. We can see that happening in the life of a man. And this is King Saul. And you remember the story. Uh, the prophet Samuel came to King Saul and he said, God is going to give you a commandment. I want you to go to please to, uh, I want you to go please to 1 Samuel Chapter 15, in verse 2, says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he set himself against him on the way while he was coming up from Egypt. And here, in verse 3, you see the commandment of God. Now go and strike Amalek. This is the prophet Samuel speaking to King Saul. This is what Saul was supposed to do. And he says, Now go and strike Amalek and utterly destroy all that he has. Listen to the commandment. Very clear, very precise. God says, Now go and strike Amalek and utterly destroy all that he has. And do not spare him, but put to death both 
man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. He was supposed to destroy everything from the Amalekites. Well, to paraphrase the story and don't make it that long, he calls the people, he goes down to the place, he kills almost everybody, he keeps the best animals, he spares the life of the king, the strategizer against all of the evil that was done to Israel. And he's thinking, well, I've done well. I've done well. And in verse 13, he says, Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have carried out the command of the Lord. He thought everything was fine. I called the people. I went to the place. I killed almost everybody. But what did God say? Kill everybody. Don't leave anything. Well, he didn't kill everybody. He kept the best. And he's thinking in his mind that everything is good. That he has obeyed the commandment of God. Oh my goodness. Samuel tells him, you disobeyed the word of God. You did not obey the commandment of God. And then he says, it is better, obedience is better than any sacrifice. And to pay attention, better than the fat of the animals. And I can imagine the face from Saul. <gasps> he disobeyed. And let me tell you, half obedience is disobedience. If you have obeyed the commandment of God, you are disobeying. Thank goodness, we, thank goodness we have other examples in the Bible. We can see in the life of other men who truly love the Lord and obey the commandment of the Lord. Just like God had required. And Abraham is one of these. Do you remember the story when, Abraham, when the Lord came to Abraham... And he said to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac. And I want you to sacrifice him for me. And in Genesis 22, verse 3 says, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Here is God coming to Abraham just like he did with King Saul. He gives a commandment to Abraham. The toughest, the toughest test that Abraham had in his life. And you can imagine Abraham thinking, oh my goodness, this is, this is my son, my only son, the son of the promise. How in the world are you asking me to... To kill him. He could have wrestled with the thought. But what we see is that the next day. Early in the morning. He got ready. And he went. And you know the rest of the story. When he saw the, the mountain. He said to his two uh, uh, 
servant, stay here. I'll go with the boy. The boy is walking with his papa. And he said, Papa, I don't see the sacrifice. I know we have the wood. I know we have everything. But where is the sacrifice? Don't worry, my son. The Lord will provide. They get there. Somehow, he tells his son, he is already on the altar. He takes the knife. He's about to stab him. And the angel of the Lord, you know, the rest of the story said, Stop, Abraham. I know that you love the Lord. The point here is that he obeyed what God has said. But here's one question. What was the motor that set in motion the obedience in Abraham? You know that obedience is, is what shows you the, the step from listening carefully to the Word of God to then act on the Word of God. A lot of times we listen to the Word of God, but we stop right there. And obedience means to listen carefully and then act on it. And that is obedience. A lot of times we have it in our heads. Don't let it go to our hearts. And we don't act on it. But praise the Lord for these examples. He acted on it. But what was the motor that set in motion the obedience in Abraham? Hebrews. I want you to go to Hebrews with me. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. By faith, you see, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, In Isaac your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a tithe. It was faith. When Abraham was living in Ur of the Chaldeans, he was called and he went out in faith. When he was asked to offer his son in sacrifice, it was faith that helped him obey the commandment of God. It is faith. It is believing not in what I believe, but it is believing in what God says in his word. David says, Lord, the sum of your word is truth. So if we decide to disobey the commandments of God, it is not because of the nature of the word, because the nature of the word is truth. David said it. He said, the sum of your word is truth. Your commandments, your statutes, your decrees, your judgments, they all together are truth. You can trust the word of God. You can believe the word of God. It will never fail. Let's obey the word of God. Do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. Consider him in all of your ways. Trust him. It is not right to say, well, let's do it by faith. Faith in what? 
Faith in faith is positive thinking. But faith in what God has said will fulfill the promise. Believing in the commandment works out obedience to the commandment. And that's what God is expecting from us. My brother, my sister, you can trust what God has said because it will happen so. Exactly how he has told us. I said on Wednesday, let's do what the manual says. Let's do what the word of God says. And we will be in the safest area possible. Let's do what the manual says. What it says, it goes. And he has said, go and make disciples of all nations. Of all nations. And I believe when the Lord gave us the great commission, he was thinking on the multitudes. And the word tells us that he was distressed and the spirit because the multitudes were like sheep without a shepherd. That was in his heart, and he is still in his heart in 2014. The masses, the people out there that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ. We sang just a minute ago, he saves. The promise is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Believe the promise, and it will work obedience to his commandment. And his commandment is go and make disciples. This is what this week is about, folks. It's about people who do not know the Lord. And I believe that God has given us today a challenge to believe in his word, to believe in his commandments. And everything that he has said will happen. If people believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they will be saved. Would you obey? Would you obey the commandment? God bless you.